0: You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. What's up, guys? Hope that you are doing well. Hey, we didn't have a traditional, a quote unquote, traditional uh, young adult service this last week. We had young adult Thanksgiving, but uh, I wanted to make sure that some content got out. And a couple weeks ago, we had uh, church and coffee. Uh, if you were there, if you joined us, uh, thanks for being there. It was an awesome night at Roots um, in partnership with Black Dog Coffee. We're excited for for what the future holds for those events and our community. But uh, we had a short message there, and so because we didn't have service. This last night, um, I wanted to make sure that something got out, some content from Young Adults got out, and hopefully it's something that you can take with you into your week, uh, weekend, and uh, into maybe Thanksgiving conversations. I don't know. Who knows what what you might pull out of this message? It's a short one, but I wanted to make sure that that there was something that you could chew on this week. So we talked about a story out of the Gospel of Mark, and it's a story that many of us have heard before. It's a story of a paralytic man who is b- brought before Jesus, and um, he's brought by four of his friends. And I think it gives us some really important things to think about as we live our lives in pursuit of Jesus and in pursuit of one another. So we're going to start right at the beginning, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says that when Jesus entered Capernaum again after some days, it was reported that he was home. So many people gathered together that there was no more room, not even in the doorway, and he was speaking the word to them. They came to him bringing a paralytic carried by four of them. So the first point is community matters. Without his community, this man wouldn't have even gotten close to Jesus. There was a, a tangible need for those around him to actually physically carry him to have any kind of physical proximity to Jesus. And for you and I, it's important that we understand that being surrounded by faithful followers of Jesus will always get us closer to Jesus than we could ever get alone oftentimes we talk about our own quote unquote personal relationship with Jesus. It is incredibly important that we have a personal relationship with Jesus, but we are also not created to follow Jesus in a vacuum. That, that it wasn't something that we we're supposed to silo off in our lives and say, well, th- this is my relationship with Jesus. Nobody else gets to be a part of this and I don't get to be a part of anybody else's relationship with Jesus. No, we're, we're called to follow Jesus in community. Community matters. So two quick questions that I want to pose. One Are you willing to carry people towards Jesus? There are undoubtedly going to be seasons where you will be needed, that people might be in seasons of pain or hurt. It could be deconstruction. It could be um, anger. It could just be whatever. It could be any kind of season. And for them to get proximity to Jesus, they might need you to carry them towards him. That you might have to be the encourager, you might have to be um, the the enabler, you might have to be somebody who who poses good thought provoking questions, all of those things. That that you might not have to physically pick somebody up and carry them, but you might have to spiritually pick somebody up and carry them towards Jesus. That being in community, a big part of it is carrying each other's burdens of doing life together really really well and being dependent on one another. The second question is: Are you willing to be carried? There are going to be seasons where you are not in a spot where you can get as close to Jesus as you want to be by yourself. But it takes humility to ask people to carry you. It takes setting your pride to the side and and your humanity to the side and saying, man, I don't know what it is about this season. I feel like I am just like traipsing through the mud. I am stuck. I am stagnant. I want to get closer to Jesus. And you're going to have to have people who are willing to come alongside you and carry you towards Jesus, but you must be willing. See, community offers us the opportunity to be both the carrier and the carried. And that's a really beautiful aspect of being in community. The story goes on to say this in verse 4. Since they were not able to bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and after digging through it, they lowered the mat on which the paralytic was lying. Crazy stuff. But this is the next point. Obstacles are opportunities. Obstacles are opportunities. The truth is, is that our posture towards obstacles will determine so many things in our life. And it will determine so many things in our walk with Jesus. If we see obstacles as immovable, or we see obstacles as impenetrable, or we see obstacles as impossible, that, that if they are immovable, impenetrable, impossible circumstances, we will give ourselves permission to throw up our hands and defeat, and walk away from what God is calling us to do, or from who God is calling us to be. But if we see obstacles as opportunities to faithfully persevere, we will get to witness the wonder-working power of God in us, in our circumstances, through us, through our circumstances, through the circumstances of other people. We need to see obstacles as opportunities. You see, these men could have seen the crowd, and they in the roof and they could have seen those things as excuses to not get their friend to jesus instead they pursued proximity to jesus as 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 if there was absolutely no other option i don't know where you're at this week you know whoever is listening to this me myself included we're all in different places we have different obstacles in our life right now But we can all ask ourselves the question, what's my posture towards obstacles? Do I see obstacles as immovable objects or do I see them as opportunities to do exactly what God is calling us to do and get and pursue Jesus, pursue proximity to Jesus. Like there is no other option because our posture towards obstacles will change everything. The next verse simply says this, seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. So. The next point is this, their faith, their faith. It does not say that Jesus saw the paralytic's faith, but their faith. My hope would be that this is a reminder for all of us that contending for one another is so incredibly important. I'm absolutely not saying that if the paralytic was faith-filled on his own, that Jesus would not have healed him. There is a plethora of examples where Jesus speaks about and acts upon the simple faith of one person. But it is absolutely necessary that we recognize that Jesus himself recognized this thing in this moment, that there is something special about the collective faith of a group of people. There's something special about the collective faith of a group of people. So a couple questions. One, who are we contending for? Who are we contending for in our prayer life, in our tangible physical life, in our spiritual life, like whatever it is, who are we contending for? If we, if we ask ourselves that question, who pops up in our mind, who are we regularly contending for? Who are we fighting for? Who are we bringing before the Lord in prayer? Who are we contending for on a regular basis? And the second question is, are we allowing people to contend for us? So this is, the, this is the, the same idea as carrying people towards Jesus and being willing to be carried towards Jesus. That's when you are in communication with one another, like you know those things. But we can contend for people without them knowing that we're contending for them. But people cannot contend for us in ways that we specifically need them to contend for us if we don't have conversations with them. So who are we contending for? And who is contending, who are we allowing to contend for us? The next point is this, spiritual before the physical. We can't look past the fact that Jesus' response to their faith wasn't to immediately heal his physical brokenness, but to forgive his spiritual brokenness. We wholeheartedly believe that Jesus is the greatest healer ever known, but we also need to understand that our greatest needs are not, in fact, physical, but they are spiritual. That be if he was healed physically without having his sins forgiven, then that's like great, but not eternal. It's it's not the greatest gift ever. But the truth of the matter is that if Jesus would have forgiven his sins, And he would have got to spend eternity in heaven with him. Even if he never walked again, that was a net positive, right? Like that we would all choose getting to spend eternity in heaven over having our legs healed. But Jesus doesn't do that. We'll see that, that Jesus does both. But he made sure that the spiritual was taken care of before the physical. Let us never be hesitant in asking God to do the miraculous in our physical bodies, and in the bodies of those around us, but would it always take a backseat to our cries for spiritual transformation, that we would pray and pray hard that spiritual transformation, real life change would always, always, always take precedence over physical healing in us or the people around us. So I want to wrap up by reading the final half of the passage. It's about six verses. It's um, verses 6 through 12. Mark chapter two, six through 12. It says, But some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does he speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right away, Jesus perceived in the spirit that they were thinking like this within themselves and said to them, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He told the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he got up, he took the mat and went out in front of everyone. As a result, they were all astounded and gave glory to God saying, we have never seen anything like this. We have never seen anything like this. The next point is that Jesus wants to do the impossible. Jesus wants to do the impossible. Time and time again, Jesus did the miraculous. And I believe he still wants to do that today. Let's never relegate Jesus to, to to the biblical times. Let's never relegate the impossible to biblical stories, but have faith that the same God who did this miracle and much more wants to do miracles in our lives and the people around us as well. I truly believe that God wants to move in our lives in a way that our humanity would deem impossible. Let's have massive, unexplainable faith that Jesus will do the impossible in our lives and the people around us. But secondly, Jesus wants to use the impossible. He doesn't want to just do the impossible. He wants to use the impossible. He will use the impossible to remind us of how much we are dearly loved. He will use the impossible to show us his power, but he will also use the impossible He will use the improbable that has happened in our own lives as a testimony to the watching world. My prayer is that we would be people who have a holy expectation of what God is going to do in our lives and a holy expectation of how God is going to use that to impact the people and the places around us. That when Jesus is doing the impossible, when Jesus is doing the improbable, it's not just with us in mind, but the communities that we live in, the the spheres of influence that we have, the watching world, that the impossible will be used as a testimony to how big God is. That when people see what's happening in our individual lives as followers of Jesus, or people see what's happening in the collective community that is young adults, that they would look at that and they would say, we have never seen anything like this. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.